Welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and we got Scotty Melvin with us today. We're going to be talking rankings and some players of note and things. But uh, once again, we want to thank uh, Helmuth Ford of uh, Sigourney, Iowa, for their support of our podcast. Uh, Washington Discount Tires, uh, Beyond Beautiful Benches of Richland, Iowa. Uh, Smith Rig Auto of Fairfield, Iowa. Uh, two locations to serve you better if you need a car called David. Elsie's Kitchen.net, Topic, Iowa. Uh, author John Bain of Wayland, Iowa, has written a book called Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On. It's available at Village Bookstores in Washington, Iowa, or, or check his Facebook page out or get it anywhere where books are sold. Uh, and uh, a special thanks this week to Jefferson County Real Estate. Jeff Alexander is uh, really... Uh, you know, uh, helped us out a lot. He really provided all that coverage for us in the, uh, at Kinnick stadium. And, uh, want to thank him for being a part of this, but also want to thank Scotty Melvin for being a part of this for a year of this. Uh, you know, like I say, we, we got nine, 9,000, uh, almost, almost 9,400 listeners now help us get to 10,000. If you enjoy this program and you see this on the social media or something, give it a share. Give some, you know, if there's an episode you like, give it a share. Go in, uh, go in there and uh, share it out on your own and help us get to 10,000 listeners. Well, Scotty, we're going to talk about uh, ranked teams and some players of note today. Uh, what are the teams in the area that are ranked? Well, we've got three polls that I pay attention to, uh, the main ones. And, of course, top in the list uh, for a lot of folks is probably that Des Moines Register poll. And in that particular one, I'm not going to spend much time on it because as far as southeast Iowa goes, there's only one team that shows up. I didn't see any listings of their uh, you know, teams that are getting votes or any of that nature. It's just a simple one through ten. And Waco, an eight player, is ranked number four in the Des Moines Register poll. And that's all we have of, of note for our area. So I'll move on to some of the more interesting ones, at least as far as we're concerned. Uh, first, I'll bring up the Cedar Rapids Gazette poll. And I know our, our guy, Andy Kretzinger, he, he votes in that one for the Southeast Iowa Union. And there's a lot of interesting stuff in this one. Um, if you go into 5A, of course, we only cover really Ottumwa. And uh, they're not ranked, nor are they getting votes. But I, I am happy to see Iowa City Highs righted the ship after that game we saw at McKinnick versus Liberty. One, two in a row, and they're they're ranked number six currently in 5A. Um, their crosstown rival, Iowa City West, is now getting some votes, so that program's getting back on the right track, and that should lead up to a good uh, rivalry game that they play at the end of the season every year there up in the city. Um, class 4A. No one really of note in the top 10 as far as uh, what we cover, other than Iowa City Liberty still hanging in there at number 10, along with Newton who's a team that some of our schools play. Oskaloosa is in the same district as Newton, and uh, they've cracked the top 10, so that's kind of interesting. Clear Creek and Mano that uh, dropped a pretty pretty heavy bomb on uh, <laughs> Washington Friday night. They're getting some votes, as well as Fort Madison. The Bloodhounds have a single vote in the 4A poll for the Cedar Rapids Gazette, so congrats to those guys. I know the polls don't mean a ton. Like Coach Jensen says, it's the final one that matters. But these are always fun for us fans and probably the players in the communities. So that's why I like to get into them. Well, you know what I mean? Any We want to highlight that, too. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. You yeah. know, if, if if the team is getting little votes or 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 what what about Columbus? They they have been getting some votes. So are they? Well, I'm moving on. I'm moving on down there. I'm I'm into three uh, A now, and quite honestly, as far as this particular poll goes, we've got nothing of of major note except for that Solon has been knocked out after two uh, losses in a row. <clears throat> so we go down to two A. Usual suspect Williamsburg's number three. Um, as far as area teams, nobody in 2A media, or I'm sorry, Mid Prairie had been in there as far as receiving votes recently, but with uh, the loss the other night, they, they are not currently. We go to 1A, uh, Durant's in at number 10. Yeah, and I was thinking that too. Them. What's that? I was thinking that, uh, uh, that Durant was really uh, making a statement and really having a strong yeah. season. And You know, they're, they're kind of like the 1A version of Williamsburg. They, um, had a tough schedule last year and, and so their record didn't look great, but uh, they really were a good team and they bring back a lot of them characters, especially the, the star running back. So it's no shock to see them in there, but for our area, we've got uh, Wilton's number four. We've been talking about them here recently. I'm sorry. They're not number four. They're getting four votes. Mediapolis is getting two votes. So we've got a couple of teams that we're, we're looking at uh, on a weekly basis that are, they're, they're creeping in there. If they keep winning, they'll crack that top 10. And now you'd ask about Columbus. So we're down to Class A here. Columbus is our one um, area school that's getting some notice. They're not in the Cedar Rapids Gazette poll yet, but I will talk about them in a minute because the AP poll has got its own little set of, uh, of teams that are ranked and that are getting votes, and, and I know that they're getting some notice in that one. So we don't really have anybody in Class A as far as the Cedar Rapids Gazette other than you, you like to – watch uh, Linville Sully and, and how they're progressing. They're up to number four, undefeated, so they're doing well. Well, I got an interview with them coming up. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's nice to hear from some of these that are outside there because, you know, our, our, our guys, they do play these teams, so it's kind of nice to keep up on those, those guys that are kind of on the outskirts as well. Uh, last here on the eight player, you got Waco in a tie with Don Bosco at number two. And they're the only ranked team in eight player from our area. Um, everybody's been beating up on each other. So I'm interested to see if we have some creep back up in there as the season progresses. I could see a new London or, or an Iowa Valley or, or maybe, uh, you know, Winfield could scratch back in there. We'll see what happens. But right now that's how it sits for that particular. I like point. to throw Moravia in there too. Yeah, uh, they're not currently getting votes or anything like that, but they're another one that as we get into districts, they can. What, what about our friends uh, over there in Southeast Warren? How are Southeast they? Warren, yeah. I, I feel like they're flying under the radar simply because they lost that game to Waco right off the bat. And uh, I think people maybe looked at that score and said, oh, well, maybe they're not as good as we thought. Uh, you and I know better because we saw them in person. Oh, my and gosh, they, they look great yeah. to me. That's a solid team, and they're going to make some noise. Um, they are getting a couple of votes, so they're 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 inching back in there. We'll see what happens here going forward. I expect them to crack that top ten though, and then soon. So, so nothing for Iowa Valley, or not in that poll. Um, but I can move over to the AP poll here quick. I got it uh, loaded up as soon as the phone cooperates. And uh, we'll just go down to eight players since we're, we've ended with that one on the last one. That's what we're talking about. Wayland's at number two. Uh, Waco's at number two in that one. And this uh, is the Cedar Rapids Gazette pool? Uh, yeah, they're in a tie with Don Bosco 
in Cedar Rapids Gazette. They're in a solid number two all by themselves in the AP poll. Um, looking at those getting votes, and there's where your Iowa Valley shows up. Iowa Valley's got a single vote in this poll. And curiously, Southeast Warren's got nothing in this one, which is, uh, you know, kind of kind of makes me chuckle because we we just know better <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna be up there by the end of this well, whether uh, they're getting votes or not they're on the bubble yeah and you know it, you know it doesn't mean a ton it's more for fun than anything but at the same time it's a way to give teams that are having success some recognition even if they are to drop out with a loss or two you know i wish it was more than 10 teams you know what i mean i wish it was 20 know, teams or something like that. you could go through the votes and, and go ahead and rank another five or six probably um if you wanted to do that but uh you know, they generally just stick with the top 10. Uh, moving into Class A, here's where our Columbus Wildcats show up finally. So they're not in the top 10 as of this week, but they are the top vote getter. So you could say they're ranked number 11 in uh, Class A. So congrats to them. Another win will probably put them right up in there. Uh, a couple of familiar faces, though, for us in, in the AP poll in Class A. Linville Sully, ranked number four in this one as well. Al Burnett, a team that has burst onto the scene and will be facing a lot of our area teams, including Columbus and Pekin, uh, they're ranked sixth. So their undefeated season's paying off. They're getting a lot of notice here. Well-deserved. Um, moving on to 1A, we don't have a crack in the top 10 yet, but again, Mediapolis is the top vote-getter. So they would be your number 11 team in Class 1A. Wilton's getting some votes. Uh, Iowa City, Regina getting some votes. So those are a couple teams that are probably going to creep in if they keep winning very soon. 2A, same story. Uh, nothing nothing uh, from our area. Williamsburg is ranked number one, though, in that AP poll, Class 2A. Class 3A, same story. Uh, nothing in our area. Just, uh, again, it's always shocking to see Solon not quite in the top 10, but uh, – they're another one that I could see climbing back in later. We go into 4A. This is where Fort Madison is our number 11 team there. They're the top vote getter right now in the AP poll. So if they can keep being up and keep putting some points on the board enough to, to win games, they'll be cracking that top 10 before long. So I'm, I'm happy to see that for those guys. Hard, hard fought wins. I mean, uh, yeah, no big wins, but hard fought wins, you know, and uh, every week they do it. Yeah, they're doing it in uh, classic football fashion. Some low scores, uh, dramatic finishes, field goal games, uh, tough, yeah. tough defense. That Keep they the played field goal with twenty seconds left to win the last game. I mean, that's how that's how tough the games yeah. have been. That's asking a lot of your kids to gut out those kind of wins, and you know, Fairfield is right there too. So um, in that game, so those teams were very impressive and. Uh, you know, they're all tuning up for districts. And so even the ones that are coming out on the losing side, there's really nothing to, to get down about here because uh, these these amount to just uh, almost like, um, I don't know, um, high stakes scrimmages that don't count towards your, your playoff standings. So you want you want to win them if you can, but um, it, it's not the end of the world if you drop some of these non-district games. Yeah, the there's the real bad news for Fairfield too, uh... Looks like Hunter Shikini is out for the rest of the football season and the basketball season. He must have suffered. Uh, and I, have, I don't know if you've got details on the injury, but it must be something that's going to require some surgery and some recovery time, sounds like. It's, there's three things, you know, uh, 
at least that's what I, you know, that's what I saw. Uh, I don't want to go into any of the details about yeah. it, but, uh, you know, he needs some time to heal up from yep. a pretty, pretty bad injury. Uh, he'll be fine though, you know. Oh yeah. It just seems like to me, it's just going to take him about six months to be, you know, back, back moving around real good. And, uh, uh, you don't need to, to hurt it anymore than it already is. So they just no have to that. take the precautions and, and, uh, but, uh, you know, Fairfield's, uh, had a couple of tough losses, but there's a couple of tough games they were in against a couple of tough teams they played. So, uh, and I don't, neither one of those were conference games, so it really doesn't make any difference, does it? No, not really. Um, you know, like we said, it's, it's, it's tune-ups for, for district and, and, you know, football, you're going to have injuries and it might be your very best player sometimes, but you've got to have a next man up mentality. Somebody who's willing to step in and say, Hey, maybe I'm not on their level, but I'm going to work just as hard. I'm going to, I'm going to help this team. And I have no doubt Fairfield's got that. It looked to me like they, they did run for some yards the other night. They, they did move the ball. They just didn't finish drives. Um, so I, I think they're going to be okay come district play. I, you know, I'm on the fence between them and Washington. I'd picked Washington to finish ahead of them in the district, but after the non-district season is, is starting to come to a close here, I, I think those two teams are very evenly matched. So it'll be interesting to see who, uh, between them finishes ahead and then, you know, challenges soul in there. Well, Fairfield season is really basically going to hinge on if they can find somebody else to step up, you know, if somebody else can step up and do some of the things, you know, that Hunter Shikini did a lot for him, you know, and yeah. uh, it's a sad loss, but uh, that kid's a, he was a round guy recruitable. So uh, I'm sure he'll bounce no back, but uh, let's keep it moving. I'm, I didn't mean to, to break the story up like that. Oh, no, no problem. Um, so we're in the 5A again. You know, Atum was really all we have, and uh, they uh, are not in, in the top 10 or receiving votes. But once again, the city school there, Iowa City High, cracked back into the top 10 there. They're ranked right at number 10. Um, and, and West is getting some votes. So I always like to see both of those schools doing well because one of the things I look forward to most moving to Iowa was, was seeing that uh, – big uh, rivalry game. I did not get there until my son was a freshman in high school up at City High, and I finally got to take that game in. This year, it looks like it's going to be high stakes. Both teams are doing well. Programs are on the rise. Okay. So you want to talk about some some players. You know, uh, this week, uh, I don't know what all you're, you've been paying attention to, and I don't know why, but I, I've been kind of focused on linebackers this week because I've seen so many great linebackers in just these first few weeks, um, and some of them we knew about coming into the season. Some are kind of bursting onto the scene. Um, but there just seems to be an overload of linebacking talent in our corner of the state this year. Well, uh, we can talk linebackers. That's fine with me. I like talking linebackers. Well, I do too. If I was a, you know, I, it would have been my dream if I was a defensive football player to have the size and the skill and the strength to play that position because it's a, it seems like the most fun to me. Uh, but um, I was not blessed with any of those things, <clears throat> but uh, I sure like watching it. And, uh, you know, I'll start with a, a, a team like, like Waco that's got uh, a ton of them. And even, even when you go into their bench, but the one, uh, we know about Simeon Reichenbach. And we know about Drew Deers. In fact, Drew Deers is, is probably one of the best you're ever going to see at the high school level. I agree um, with that. Uh, he, he's something out there. I, I just feel like that's the 
that's that's why Waco's rated so high is essentially him. You know what I mean? If you took him off of their team and put him on the team that was playing him, you know, I might I might think that they might win. You know, I mean, he is he is a transitional figure, isn't he? He sure is, and you know, and those are even more. You know, a single player is more glaring. You know, whether they're in the game or not, an eight player for sure over eleven man. But I will say, I'm going to single out a few kids here that I think, and he's one of them that I think your team changes dramatically when they're not in there, if they weren't in there. And uh, he's one of those players. And uh, their defense is great. I mean, their their line is great. Their D backs are great. That just there's just no weak spots, and that's why they are doing what they're doing in eight player. But he he is the uh, central figure on that defense, and I I think that he's a he's a game changer, and I love watching him play. Uh, for two years now, I've watched him play, and and it's never been disappointing. <laughs> um, I want to shout out uh, Loudon Housing Day though. He's the he's what you might call the third best backer in that that core for Waco, and this kid is a highlight reel waiting to happen out there. Every week he makes some kind of spectacular freak athlete play. And, uh, you know, and and he's got the two seniors in front of him there <laughs> doing all that cleanup work as well. I mean, this this Waco team is just stacked. But uh, moving on um, from them, I'm talking about individuals here, uh, some of the other guys I would put on Drew Deers' level, uh, the first one we talked about earlier, and I've been, uh, you know, all over his Twitter and stuff, is Nolan Simpson from Burlington. And I will tell you, uh, two years ago, the first time I'd seen Burlington play in person in, in quite a long time, and it was because they came up to Case Field. I was watching a lot of Washington games that year because that team was really special. That was uh, James Harris's last year there. They had Treshawn Willis at, uh, at quarterback, Spencer Sotelo at, at wide receiver. The team was just dynamic, and they were just, you know, blowing away teams week after week and and Burlington was really down that year and you know there was the COVID thing was going on I wondered if maybe some kids weren't coming out um, because of that I had also heard that Burlington's team was pretty much decimated by injury and that's why we didn't know about Bryant Williams you know it would have been his junior season and he wasn't playing Uh, but as I'm watching the game and I thought man and this sounds terrible to say, but there was a lot of kids out there for Burlington that looked like, you know, this was their first football game. You know, they were learning on the fly against a very well-oiled machine that was the Washington Demons that year. And But there was one kid that stood out. I said, man, that kid looks like a football player, and he looks like he's out there kind of having to do it all on his own. And it was number seven, and that was Nolan Simpson. And he was a sophomore at the time. Um, he really come into his own last year when the team, you know, got all these kids back, got healthy, had all their uh, their stars back and, and really took off and, and wowed a bunch of us uh, with the great season they had. And uh, some of those guys are gone, like Williams. Uh, Nolan's back, though, for senior season. And if you remember in our preview, I, I said, I don't know a ton about what Burlington has this year outside of him and uh, Perez Hall, the one big lineman that that's, uh, gets a lot of attention. And I said, because of what Nolan does on both sides of the ball and, and how important he is. Uh, so this is where I'd put him up there with the Drew Deers. You know, their season's going to go how he goes. I mean, I think if their quarterback goes down with an injury, Nolan's got to go. He's got to move from fullback and play quarterback. I think he does some some other things on special teams. I mean, he's one of those kids that he's integral to Burlington's success. And if he was not in the game, both their defense and offense could, you know, be dramatically affected. And uh, if you watch tape on him on defense, uh, he's just smart. He's, he's very strong. He's fast enough to play middle linebacker. 
but the angles he takes to ball carriers and, and you'll see punch balls loose um, and create fumbles and things like that. Just really heady stuff that you don't see a lot of high school kids doing or maybe on any level. Um, that's what impresses me the most. He, he just looked like a kid to me that was already had the, had the ability as a sophomore. And I thought, you know, if he keeps working at this, he's going to be, he's going to be a star player by the time he's an upperclassman. And, and here he is in his senior year. And he's doing a lot for the, for the hounds. Um, and I think he really wants to play on the next level. I mean, I, when I see kids out there on Twitter, putting their huddle, their huddle videos out and their highlight videos out and all that stuff, I feel like they just, these are kids that are hungry to try to get to the next level. You know, maybe they just want to play college football. Maybe they want to try to get that scholarship to help them with their education or whatever, but that's what I think we're all about. Right. I mean, we want to help these kids get noticed any way we can. And uh, that's why I put in all these hours per week, um, you know, with you on the show and, and try to get them spotlighted and uh, get them noticed because it's hard down here in Southeast Iowa. It is. And uh, there's so many great players. So, uh, can I ask you about someone, a couple players? Heck yeah, bring them up because I'm going to forget kids, unfortunately. I want to hear about this DeLong from uh, up there in Durant. And then there's Ty, Tyler Cozard, I think. Ty Cozad. Cozad, yeah. Uh, tell me about those two players. Well, um, these guys are they're setting records and um, they weren't, we knew about DeLong because, you know, Sigurd Kyoto played them twice last year. So they're one of those teams where they may not be Southeast Iowa, but we pay attention to them because our teams are going to play them. So it, it, it certainly doesn't hurt to know about them. And, and they're a team that's going to force you to know about them because of, because of him. And, uh, you know, I saw, I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was Des Moines registers top 50 players in the state of Iowa regardless of position or class, just a, just a one to 50 ranking. And Nolan's in there. I want to say, I don't remember where he was ranked, but I want to say it was in the top 25 maybe. And he gets all of his uh, notoriety mainly from what he does on the offensive side of the ball, because he he's puts up these crazy video game numbers. Um, but I think he's also against when you're talking to the opposition he plays against, I think he's known as a, a pretty uh, stellar linebacker as well so i could throw him into my little conversation about great linebackers um and i wonder if that's what he'll do in college you, know, you never know um what what recruiters and coaches on the next level are projecting kids but i don't have his numbers in front of me but he's setting records i saw a quick video clip from one of the tv stations up that way they were talking about him did a feature on nolan DeLong, and uh i believe he's over 5,000 yards rushing for his career, man. That is a lot of yardage to be churning up on the ground. That that takes uh, a lot of hard work, uh, talent, and some luck and staying injury-free. And, he, and he's got there. And, you know, we're early in the season, so more is coming for that boy. And then you asked about Mike Kozad. Uh, he kind of burst onto the scene. Now, Matt Meek will give you the, the lowdown on him because he's one of those uh, players that he knows a lot about and, and knows personally. But uh, – I didn't know a ton about Muscatine until you got Ryan Timmerman on board and kind of fill us in about the area. Well, what do you think of him? Man, you know, Bettendorf, I said it, they're, they're, they're not at the, the level that they normally are in that program right now. But, you know, 5A is 5A. These are big time for Iowa. These are as big as schools as they get. And uh, even in a down year, Bettendorf's going to have some players, and, and they certainly have always hung their hat on defense. And so for Ty to go – 
almost, I mean, nine yards short of 400 the other night, four touchdowns. <laughs> Matt kept saying the Al Bundy game. He's a, he is a real live Al Bundy right now. And, um, we're only, you know, they're only what three games into the season. Uh, those guys that didn't play a week zero and, and the numbers he's got already. I mean, these kids are going to cross that. They're going to cross that thousand yard rushing barrier maybe before the halfway point, depending on how their next game goes. And, and it's just insane. And he's doing it against the, you know, the biggest schools that are, that are in the state of Iowa. So Ty's, uh, he's well on his way. And if you didn't know about him before, after that performance Friday night against Bettendorf, now you do. And uh, people will be looking uh, to see what he does every week from here on out. Well, I mean, I'm not going to get everybody, but uh, let me ask you about this Amagon kid from uh, Columbus. So Caden Amagon. Yeah. Um, I'm, I couldn't tell you how excited I am, uh, how fast I want this week to move so that I can get to Friday night. So I'm finally going to see him in person. I've seen a ton of film on him. I know his dad. We, you know, we've trained together. He, he taught me how to pose for my, uh, my bodybuilding competitions. Um, Raul's great. And, and I can tell you right now, I will be the first to tell you, and they would tell you over there too, that the, the strength and conditioning stuff that the Columbus Wildcat football team has done in the off season is largely I bet uh, due to the, the tutelage of Raul Amagon over there at Columbus. So I'll shout out to him because uh, I have a feeling he's uh, had a big part in this resurgence of Wildcat football. And uh, his son, Caden, is a big reason why. And have you watched any tape on him yet? I'm well, sure you've seen some. You, how could I not? I mean, good Who Lord, about him? open space. It's like watching a track star, a hundred meter dash star run against junior high kids. It really is that big of a difference. His speed level versus uh, the guys he's going up against. It's insane. Um, and it, you know what? It, as great as he is on the offensive side of the ball, he's a great linebacker as well. I think he's, um, you know, he's playing one, a foot or class, a football. So you can get away with this. I don't think he's maybe as beefy as you'd like to see a linebacker normally, but you know, in high school football, that doesn't matter. He's got speed. He hits hard. He's tough. Uh, I guarantee you he's got genetically, he's, he's got a lot of strength in that body and uh, he does well there and he'll, he'll take turnovers and turn them into touchdowns and, and things like that. So he's lethal no matter where he's at on the field and he's not alone. I mean, they got Tristan Miller, uh, every, every back they had this game against Wapolo was over 10 yards per carry. That's insanity. Um, you are not going to lose games with that kind of production on the offensive side of the ball. There's just no way. Um, so we'll see if anybody can slow him down going forward. But yeah, Caden spearheads uh, this huge resurgence of uh, Columbus Wildcat football that I don't know if we've seen since maybe the 1990s. So this is exciting stuff. And uh, man, I, I am just beside myself excited to go see them play Friday. Well, I'm going to mention uh, three coaching staffs that I really, really think are doing a stellar job this year. And I'm going to start with the uh, West Burlington, Notre Dame. Uh, they don't have hardly any kids out. They don't have enough, but they have such great players and so many kids that really, really want to play. And they're putting that team together with, uh, with uh, bubble gum and, and shoelaces. And yet they're going out there and playing competitive football. So, I, I mean, I, I think they're a team that, that, really needs to be mentioned. Uh, and uh, what about Van Buren County? You know, the, uh, there's a tremendous resurgence there. And, uh, you know, uh, also, you know what I mean? 
I'm going to mention the Columbus, the Columbus coaching staff, you know, look, look where they got their program. So uh. it takes time. And, you know, I, I was, I told you, I think one of the most interesting interviews I could possibly listen to from a coach would be a guy like, uh, you know, coach Bowman down there at West Burlington, because it's easy for us to get a hold of the guys that, that you know, you you get a hold of the guys that, that won on Friday night, everybody's happy. Everything's good. It's, it's going great. And then there's the guy that's, got a, a program that's uh, being rebuilt from the ground up and uh, it's challenging, but he's got, he's got the, the handle on it. Um, they're starting with the youth, you know, they've got a lot of the younger kids interested. That's going to pay off down the road, but uh, yeah, they, for what they're dealing with numbers wise and injury wise and everything. And the fact that they're even competitive is, is amazing and a testament to, to what he's doing there. So. Well, there's a core group of kids there. That, there's a core group of kids there that want to go on and play college football, you know, and they're on the verge of having uh, games uh, that they could play be taken away from them, you know. So, yeah, I, and I've seen it happen before. I, I told you about those boys from Central Lee years ago that uh, were at a high school football game with spectators on a Friday night that should have been playing, and they and they couldn't. And a couple of them wanted to play at college. They weren't going to have any film. You know, for recruitment because they had no season. We're almost out of time, but I, I'll throw uh, Centrally in there. You know, their coaching staff got their first win in three oh, years. Yeah. You know, so that's just – there's so much to go on. We could talk, We could go on and on and on, but uh, we can't go on and on too much more because we're less than 30 seconds left. So I'm Right. Well, uh, there will be time for another. Thanks for being with us, Scott. Anytime. All right. Uh Jefferson County Real Estate, Henshaw Trailer Sales, uh, uh, Smithburg Auto. We're out. <laughs>